Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. Our special guest today, the new associate head coach of Purdue University, Micah Shrewsbury. Amazing journey from Purdue to Butler to the Boston Celtics and now back to Purdue as the associate head coach. After this timeout, we'll be back to talk to Micah. Let's hear from our latest sponsor, Max One. Max One is the all-in-one coaching app that allows your team to train, communicate, and stay organized all in one easy-to-use spot. With all these useful features for one low price, I can't emphasize enough the value Max One can bring to your program, especially with the basketball season right around the corner. I know firsthand the importance of keeping your team on the same page as the season reaches its peak. I'm confident Max One can solve these problems for you and keep your program connected to help ensure you're on pace for the most effective season possible. Max One allows you to create individualized workouts for each player on your team with videos attached and deliver them right to your athlete's phone, eliminating spreadsheets and paper handouts and helping your players improve as the season goes on. You can then combine these workouts into an entire in-season program tailor-made to complement all the hard work that your athletes are already putting in during the season. You can even track your athletes' progress on the Max One leaderboards to see the improvement coming from your team, keeping everyone on the team accountable while encouraging a culture of competition. I also know how the calendar feature allows you to keep athletes, parents, and coaches alike as organized as possible. Workout schedules, practices, tournament games can all be created via color-coded schedules ensuring your athletes are in the loop with details on whatever events you have throughout the long season. To learn more about how MaxOne can help you run your program this offseason, head to their website at gomaxone.com and schedule a free 15-minute demo with a Max One program specialist. As always, mention me, Coach Brendan Sir sent you, and you'll receive a special discount if you decide to purchase. Again, visit www.gomaxone.com right now to schedule your free demo. You won't be disappointed. Great guest today, Micah Shrewsbury. Mike and I have been uh, friends for years, and I love that he's coming back to college basketball after a little bit of a journey with the Boston Celtics. Welcome back, Micah. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited to uh, be able to spend some time speaking with you today. Well, you know, you know, you have have the rare opportunity, uh, you know, probably over the last dozen years of working with what two friends, but also two of the best coaches. Uh, maybe in the world, and Matt Painter from Purdue, and of course Brad Stevens with the Celtics. Um, I think when you know, I look back on uh, my journey. Uh, you know, I've I've been blessed. Everything is about the guys I've worked for, whether it be Ubi Brown, Fratello, uh, Lenny Wilkins, Chuck Daly. Uh, just been so blessed. And and uh, talk about your experience with both. You know, it, it's. It's been an unbelievable experience. I, I don't know if, you know, you've been around great coaches like you just talked about. And, uh, you know, I've had this same experience. So, you know, I've been with Coach Painter uh, for two years, and this will be my third, you know, mm-hmm. this year. And then 
you know, been able to be with, with Coach Stevens for 10 years, four years at Butler and six years with the Celtics. And two of the best people that you'll ever be around. Uh, you know, anything outside of that you get basketball-wise is second to who they are as people. And that's, you know, one of the things that as you're learning in this profession, as you're trying to grow in this profession, uh, being able to be around two guys like this, how they treat people, how they treat you, you know, to treat the people on their staff, you know, how they treat my family uh, is, you know, as big as anything, uh, learning, you know, how to run a program and uh, their people person. You know, they are, they are people, I don't, is it people person, people, people? I don't know how to say it, coach, but you get what I'm trying to say. They're great to work for. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, tell me this, um, when you're, uh, at, at Butler, you know, it's, it's the ultimate mid-major rising program. You know, uh, ironically, you and VCU kind of caught fire somewhat at the same time. Butler had always been good. But to get to that national, to that final four thing, and I remember Brad and I were doing a, a Nike uh, coaching event in Beaverton uh, right after his first fi- the final four, and he says to me, my world changed. I had no idea, you know, and that type of thing. And so, and he's so humble. What was it like uh, going through that experience at Butler when you were on, as Pat Riley describes it in one of his books, the innocent climb where, you know, it's not like you went to Duke, right? And they're always good. This is like all of a sudden you guys are just going from something to like, oh, my God, we're at the mountaintop. As an assistant coach, what was that like? That that experience for me um, was, you know, it, it really opens your eyes into how to um, build a program how to go about finding the right pieces for your team. We had an unbelievable group um, that fit so well together. And to see them, you know, what we started with, you know, and and it built over years. You know, that group started with, you know, the the A.J. Graves, the Mike Green, uh, Pete Campbell, Drew Stryker, Julian Betko, like that group when we first got there, uh, Brad's first year, really taught us what winning was about. And Matt Howard was a freshman. Matt Howard had an unbelievable Butler career. And he learned from those guys of what it took and how to do it every single day. And then you add in, you know, we had really good players. You know, Matt was was a great player. Gordon Hayward, Shelvin Mack. But the unsung guys that were around him, you know, the Willie Veasleys that we had on our team, uh, Ronald Norred, whose energy and leadership was so infectious. Um, you know, Zach Hahn to an Avery Jukes, uh, you know, goes on and on down that list. You know, those guys fit so well together and they knew who they were and they didn't try and, you know, outshine each other. They just tried to fit together, you know, as as best it would, they could. and that's how our team was kind of built and we were great. We had great chemistry off the floor. Uh, We had great chemistry on the floor, but we gave each other everything we had every night that we stepped on the court. And 
they had an unbelievable belief that they could do anything uh, that they that they set their minds to. And and Brad didn't he he didn't limit them. He you know he told them we can do anything we want to do, and those guys really bought into it and believed it. What league were you guys in back then? We were in Horizon League. I'm trying Uh, to remember. We were in the Horizon. So we battled. um, You know, Cleveland State, Wright State was a great program at the time. Cleveland State, Milwaukee, uh, Green Bay. It was a good good league, and it was a challenging league for us. But, you know, we we were the show every night. You know, so we got everybody's best shot. Uh, each and every night so there there were no nights off for for that group when when they walked into a building it was going to be packed and it was going to be loud and they were going to get everybody's best shot talk about because i that's when i first got to meet brad in those early years what do how would you describe him then as a young very young coach obviously to where he is now, what was he like back then? You know what? He, he hasn't really changed a whole lot um, in terms of how he goes about things. You know, like, like you said, he's so humble as a coach uh, and he's still the same way now. Um, You know, he really believes in trying to put his guys in the best spot for them to be successful. And, you know, he, he's not taking credit for any of that. He knows how much, you know, how much work these guys are putting in to be good. And, you know, as long as he's putting them, you know, they're doing the work and he's doing his work and he's putting them in the best positions and he can live with the results. I mean, you see the, the videos of, of Brad not, you know, having reactions when big moments come. It's because, he, you know, he feels like the work is, has been done and, you know, we, we let the results fall where they may uh, because you've done everything possible to have success. You know, if if it goes well, then then great. That's what, you know, we're supposed to do. If it doesn't go well, then we'll go back to the drawing board and, you know, we'll try and do better the next time. One of the um, – you just mentioned, you just, you know, you just – Man, it just like a lightning bolt went off my head when you just said about Brad's watch Brad in a video coaching. I look back to the wonderful, wonderful video of Brad coaching the great game at Hinkle against Gonzaga, I think it was, right? And all of a sudden, your ball out of bounds, side out, and and you guys throw the ball away. Basically going to lose the game now. And he is expressionless on the sideline. Nothing. Not a thing. And then you guys steal the ball and win the game. Brad, expressionless, walks down and humbly shakes Mark Few's hand. It was like you couldn't come up with the concept of no one getting too high or too low. That's Brad Stevens. No, it it definitely is. you know, it's funny. I, I was so I was here at Purdue at the time, and we uh-huh. had played, and you know, I, I was home. We played an early game that that day, so I was home watching it, yeah. and it, it it was exactly like 
and I can't control it. You know, I'm I'm jumping around, yelling at the screen, at the TV. Me too. I'm, and, I have nothing and to do with look, it. And you look, and he's like, and he's giving you nothing there on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, talk to me about what when you were there at Butler. That you know, we read about it, we heard about it, the, and I actually bought a book on it, not from Brad, but a business guy about the Butler Way. What was that? You know what that that was something that um, you know had, had been created and and the culture had been established and you know Barry Collier did a great job of of really getting that going and um, getting guys to buy into that recruiting to that philosophy and um, you know and then it carried on from from coach to coach and you know from Barry to Thad. You know, the Thad Mata to Todd Licklider to Brad um, and then beyond. And a big reason for that is is because of the players. Uh, you know, the guys that you recruit in that locker room and the guys that you bring in, you know, they kind of continue your culture. And that's that's who we had driving it. And, and the, it was the, the coaches that really talked about it, but it was the players that really push it and keep it going. So how do you, when you're out there, um, you know, in, in the summer, you know, the hardest thing about college recruiting, my opinion, uh, as opposed to NBA scouting and drafting, um, in the NBA, you can see a kid play every game. You can do all the intel you want. There's no worrying about signing date, early commitments, official visits, all that junk that we have to worry about at college. It's about a draft date in June you know, the third week, the third Thursday in June. And we pick who we want based on where order we're in. So it's a nice kind of clean process, so to speak. And now all of a sudden you get to watch a kid during the summer, AAU, you would get to see him at his high school. And now all of a sudden, whether it's at Purdue, whether it's at Butler, it doesn't matter. Um, how do you, and I think both programs in their own way are very unique. I think uh, Matt Painter recruits kids that he knows he can coach. Brad did the same thing. How do you go about that? That's my biggest struggle. How do you go knowing that that kid's going to be your kind of kid? Yeah, that's that's the, you know, for us, that, that's the hardest thing to really gauge. Um, and just like they're doing at the NBA level, like we have to do our intel. And mm -hmm. we have to try and learn as much as we can about these guys. And um, you're working behind the scenes and talking to a lot of different people. But then when you get an opportunity to watch, you have to try and find those, you know, key areas of, of what stands out. You know, you're, you're going to see whether a kid is skilled. You know, you can look at his stats and see sure. if he's skilled enough. Like what, what are his shooting percentages? What is his assisted turnover ratio and you can watch and know if a guy can play for you and play at your level. Um, but then, you know, are you watching the game? Is he trying to win? You know, how competitive is he? You know, when you're watching practice or when you're watching um, a high school game, like, you know, how competitive is he? Is he trying to win? Well, you know, what's he doing in warmups? Is he, getting ready to win the game or is he, you know, messing around talking to people in the crowd or <laughs> doing other things like, you know, the drive, the focus, 
the competitiveness, the competitive, competitiveness. Um, you can see his relationships that he has with his teammates, with his coaches. Uh, you know, does the other team respect him? You know, does he get the respect from the other team or from the other coach? Like those things help drive your decisions as well. And uh, really looking into that stuff and getting there and paying attention during games and you know all of that stuff goes into you know checking those boxes um and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to check those boxes of you know do they fit in our will they fit in our locker room you know are they competitive players um are they serious minded players on the court you know do they have great relationships with their teammates with their coaches uh with their parents you know, all those things we're trying to look at to see, you know, will they be a great fit? Fast Model Sports is the world's most comprehensive, versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and iPad to providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. It doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as Fast Scout, which helps coaches create clean, professional scout reports customized for your team. FastModel is trusted and used by all NBA and WNBA teams, 85% of Division I college teams, and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills on their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Micah, the difference between coaching college and pro basketball, I often say to the coaches that I consulted with, I'd say the difference between the NBA and college is this. Tom Izzo and I, over 20-some-odd years ago, 25 years ago, we found out that his thing was the average college coach, head coach, spends between 17 and 20% of their time on basketball. The average assistant coach, 10%. Okay. <laughs> I felt in the NBA, the average head coach spends 90% and 10% on media. <laughs> Okay, with three press conferences a day on game day, et cetera. Uh, the average assistant coach in college, it's 100% basketball. Would you agree? Yeah, yes, I would definitely agree with that. Um, and, you know, in, in terms of 100% on basketball, and, you know, that's not all just being on the court. That's, you know, with scouting, that's with. Oh, d- yes, uh, yes, play- 100%. Yep. So, my friend, the difference is incredible. So, therefore, the growth of you as a basketball coach, I would venture to say, since you went to the Celtics, you have grown basketball-wise immensely, correct? Immensely. Uh, Just the amount of 
of games. Like I talk to people all the time about the amount of games. So if we play a 82 game regular season and then we're playing in the playoffs and, you know, when I first started, you know, six years ago, we were playing eight preseason games as well. Exactly right. You're you're playing over a hundred games each year. And, you know, that's about three college seasons. Um, So, or two and a half, two and three fourths college seasons. And just the amount of repetitions, the amount of situations, um, everything that you see, it just all piles up. And you're just gathering info, a lot of different things, and you've seen a lot of different things. And now you have different ways of going about it and attacking it. And like I tell everybody, it's like I, you know, the last six years, it helped me get a PhD in basketball. Absolutely. So I often used to say that like, you know, Brad runs as an example, Brad Stevens runs some of the best stuff in basketball. I've learned a ton from him. Okay. So I'm watching and I said, wow, that is some play. So when you have a great play in college, you know, it could last the whole season. No problem. Not that anyone won't stop it, but you you might not have to hardly tweak it. I used to say in the NBA, if Chuck Daly and I had a, something that was really good and unique, someone else knew it was working, the shelf life was two weeks <laughs> because of the great <laughs> scouting preparation. And then they'd watch and someone else would see what you had. And then we better come up with some counters for it. Yeah. Your thoughts? Exactly. No, definitely. And, and there are things that you're watching so much and you're spending so much time preparing and scouting as, as coaches. Uh, but then you think about, like, how much the players are watching. You know, when they're mm-hmm. not playing, they're watching basketball. Sure. And they're watching all these other teams play. So they're going to know these different counters as well. So you could go into a game getting ready for walkthrough, and these guys have already seen um, a lot of the stuff that you're about to walk and talk about. And, you know, I think of the different pet plays and, and different things that people do. Like, yeah, you have to come up, you can run it, but then you have to come up with a different way to get into it, to disguise it, because people are either know how to stop it or somebody's using it and they're running it now as well. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and that's like, you know, when you're going through a scout, they say, oh, yeah, they run our play. Oh, okay, yep. <laughs> the, the, the thing about college scouting as opposed to pro that I found when I came back to college was the personnel, the college player. It, and I'm not talking about a Big Ten game. I'm talking about your non-conference games. They have no idea about any players on the other team, right? No, I mean, right. you know, you're going through a right. number 42, just can't you ice to go right? You know, they don't have a clue. In the NBA, the personnel, you barely have to say, you know, like, uh, like I'm going to tell what Kevin Durant does. You know, they know. Uh, <laughs> but you might give him one tip. You know, he wants to put it on the floor going left, one dribble before he takes a shot, or shot fake and go right, one dribble. You know, that might be the biggest tip you can give him, like, or <laughs> because they know the players. So it makes the scouting a different approach, right? It is. No, it really is. You're going through so much personnel 
um, at the college level and you're just trying to educate these guys on people that they sure. don't know. But no, the guys in the league, they know each other. They know their, their moves. They know what yes. they like to do. And now you're just trying to help um, maybe give them one small advantage that they can try and use uh, of, you know, how guys like to do things. You know, I, I think of the, you know, instead of a scouting report, you almost have rules for certain guys. So, Hey, mm-hmm. when Dwayne Wade's going to this fadeaway here, like we're not going to jump because he's going to shot fake you. You're going to jump and he's going to go, go right to the free throw line. And he's <laughs> going to make them both. So, you know, knowing what move it is, but also how are we supposed to defend this? And the other thing is these guys are so good at that level that you can do it exactly right and they'll still score. <laughs> yeah. What was it like when you first got to Boston and basically, you know, when Doc had left and Brad came in, they were committed to rebuilding the program because, you know, they you know, lost KD and Pearson, you know, and, and so they lost, you know, and Ray. So now what was it like then to, you know, go in and almost rebuild a, a franchise? It was really difficult, um, you know, being brand new. And it was something that, that I'd never really been a part of uh, going in and just building it, you know, from the ground. And, you know, Brad the same way. Um, but, you know, having having Danny Ainge, Mike Zarin, Austin Ainge, that group, uh, they, had a, they had a plan. So it wasn't like we were going in and just, you know, doing things haphazardly. They had a plan for how to build it and how to do it kind of the right way. And it took a lot of burden off of, you know, there was not as much worry and there wasn't as much worry. We knew that they were going to do it right because, you know, that that's a top notch group right there. Um, Yeah. And for our listeners, uh, Mike Zarin is one of the most brilliant salary cap guys in the NBA. Uh, borderline genius in that area uh i've had a lot of familiarity with him and i love him and he's uh you know he's just a genius in that area and then then danny ainge i felt you know forget him as a player he was terrific but as a executive top of the line and just really understands how to put a team together has amazing ability to to really select talent, I think, you know, just to, you know, what was that like being around a, a mind like that every day? Oh, he, he was, he was the best. And because he could communicate, you know, with, he could communicate with the coaches. He could communicate with the players. He could communicate with the owners. Uh, that's, that's because that's the one thing right that there. for him, yeah. you know, he's a little bit different than some other, um, uh, you know, maybe GMs or presidents around the leagues because he's been in all those shoes. You know, he was a player in the league. He was a head coach in the league. He's now he's, you know, a a president of basketball operations in the league. And, you know, he knows exactly how you're feeling. Um, You know, he, he can give you advice, but he can also lend a sympathetic ear. And that's something that you don't, you don't get from everybody. And his, he has a unique perspective. Um, so he was somebody that everybody could go to with something and, and he could, you know, he'd have an answer for you. And which is 
because he's been in your shoes, he he has an answer for you, or he can get to an answer for you, and that's so unique uh, for someone in that position. Uh, you know, I I loved uh, the talent uh, that you know was assembled in Boston. I mean, from where you were in the beginning to where you were last year, um, and and the hardest thing I think in basketball, probably in any team sport is to coach players with talent. I always say the easiest thing is to coach players with no talent because they'll do anything you say. They just might not win any games. But the hardest thing is to coach players with talent because they're so gifted, they're so smart, and you have to, you better be at the top of your game because they, they can judge. They judge as we judge them. And you better know your stuff, to put it nicely, on this, on this airwave right now. But uh, what was it like to coach a really good, talented roster, but a competitive roster? That was the one thing that, um, you know, going to the NBA level that, that I learned pretty quickly is, you know, these guys want, they want to be coached. and But you have to, you know, be on top of your learning and show them that you can help them. You got to gain their trust by showing them that you know what you're talking about. Uh, you are, uh, like, you've done your homework. You've, you're ready to help them. Uh, and you have a reason why we're doing something. And that's it. If, you, if you're doing that and you're doing it confidently, then uh, they'll believe in you and, and, they'll, and they'll really work at it. So, you know, one of the, the things early on for me, uh, you know, I got a chance, you know, being brand new to the NBA to really sit back and learn and watch in my first year. Uh, you know, we had a great assistant coach in Ron Adams that I just tried to pick his brain as much as possible. Uh, but also, you know, he had the respect of those guys because of what he, he had done in the league. And mm-hmm. to watch his command of the room, to watch how he – you know, dealt with players, how he worked with them, how he communicated with them, like was so beneficial to me. Uh, but to also learn from the players as well. Uh, you know, we had Rajon Rondo uh, our first year there, and, and, you know, Rondo was still injured and coming off of uh, an ACL, so he was doing his rehab early on. And, you know, I sat next to him on the bench and just listened to how he communicated to other guys on the court. Uh listen to how he kind of wanted things. And he told me, Hey, when I get back, like I'm going to yell over to the sideline, what the play call is. And I, you know, I want to know what it is. Like you need to know what the other team is running and like, let me know. And that, that helped me. Like, I was like, okay, all right, well, well, I'm going to learn all the plays then. So yeah, yeah. That helped me know what he wanted, you know, as the point guard of the team. And, uh, you know, some guys are different in each way, but uh, just picking up little things from those guys and what they want, what they like, how to gain their trust, uh, and then, you know, what to do to keep them engaged. Uh, you know, it's a really long season. Uh, you have to be able to continue to give them new ideas, continue to make it fun for them, continue to help them grow and learn. Uh, but it's also fun as a coach too, because you're doing all that at the same time. Talk about uh, a couple of the guys you had, Al Horford. Talk about him as a pro. 
Al, Al is the ultimate pro. Uh, he, he's somebody that, you know, Al's not a super, super vocal player or super vocal as, as a leader. Uh, but he had a command of the room that when it was time for him to speak up and say something, you know, everybody else listened. Uh, but he had a great way about him of just communicating one-on-one to guys. So, you know, he may not speak to the whole room all the time, but he would know when it was time to pull over a rookie and talk to him after practice or take one of those guys to dinner. Um, you know, how to come up, you know, to the coach's office and communicate how the team feels. Um, so his leadership you know, is uncanny, but who he is as a, as a person, uh, how hard he plays, you know, he's a pro in how he manages his body. Um, he knows his body better than anybody. So, you know, he's doing what he needs to do throughout the year to be at his best, but to also be at his peak when the playoffs hit. And it's, you know, he was at Florida, obviously with Billy Donovan and the, the guy that I work with now, Donnie Jones recruited him. And Donnie often talks about the thing that amazes, you know, if you remember, he's one of the highest picks in the NBA draft and he barely, I averaged a nine or almost not even 10 points a game when they were national champs. But I remember that Donnie and Billy would tell the NBA teams, don't pick him because of his talent, pick him, pick him because he will affect winning for your team. I thought it was a great term. Definitely a great term. And it, it, it like exemplifies who he is and how he plays. He's the most unselfish guy. And we always talked about playing through our bigs and using Al because, you know, he's going to do what's right for the team. Yes. Um, not what's, you know, he's not going to stat chase or anything else. He's going to make the right play every single time for the team to be the most successful. And, and, and the guy that really, I guess he's, he was a little maligned this year, but he's a basketball genius as a talent and, you know, possibly in his head. But this exemplifies, I think, the kind of guys that I think are the hardest to coach in the league because they're the most talented and gifted uh, and that's Kyrie. What was it like to work with him on a daily basis? Because I know he's a great kid, but you know, but what's that like to work with that super talent? Yeah, that's you know the the way that he plays, um, and and the amount of basketball that he's played in his young career. Yeah, you know, right. You know, people still forget. I mean, Kyrie's still a young guy. Um, he's not that old, but he's played you know, in multiple finals, NBA finals games. Um, he's played in really big moments. He's played international in big games. Um, so he's seen a lot of things as well. And, you know, he's been with a lot of good coaches. So for us trying to, you know, really get across, you know, what we wanted and what we needed, and but also fit in his individual talent. And allowing it to still shine and and do um, and be kind of at his peak was was things that we tried to do to mix him with our group. And um, if you look by the numbers, he had you know two outstanding years uh, playing for us and playing in the, in the system that we played with. And you know, 
he, he was somebody, Kyrie as well, just like Al, that uh, really handled his business in terms of taking care of himself. Like, so he would be a guy that, you know, would be in getting treatment or would be in the weight room lifting uh, or would be on the court getting extra shots up. He, he was a worker and, you know, you don't get to be that talented without being a worker. <laughs> without a doubt. Let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind in the basketball shooting machine industry that enables players and coaches to stay connected, design and upload training exercises, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is, without question, the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to drdishbasketball.com or follow them on Twitter at drdishbball. Don't forget to mention Coaching You and receive $300 off on your next Dr. Dish purchase. That's right. Mention Coaching You or the podcast and get $300 off your Dr. Dish. Now, you, you, you really had established yourself as a top assistant in the league. Why go back? Why go back to college? Why go to Purdue? It was, you know, it was, it was really a, a hard, um, it was really a hard decision for me, uh, really thinking about different things. But for me, um, <clears throat> you know, I've, I've always grown up wanting to be uh, a college coach. I wanted to be a college head coach was my goal when I started um, coaching. And and it just the kind of opportunity struck at the right time. Um, you know, I, I had interviewed for a few jobs the last couple of years, and I was getting to the point, you know, after six years in the NBA, you know, I either had to be two feet in there and, you know, ride that out and see what would happen, or I had to be two feet in in the college game and, you know, try and approach my goal that way. So, uh, you know, I, I talked to a lot of people and got a lot of advice and, uh, you know, and it just so happened that, that Coach Painter had an opportunity here um, at the time when I was trying to decide what to do. And, you know, when that came open, it was really a no-brainer for me uh, to, to work here and to work for him. Um, He's an unbelievable head coach that you learn from, but he also allows you freedom to do a lot of stuff uh, as an assistant coach. He, you know, the thing that you know, that I, I love about Matt is that he's a he's a real basketball CEO. You know, he's totally totally in charge, but the the empowerment that he gives to an offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, it, it's, it's like we have in football, who I've always thought is way ahead of basketball. Uh, and, and, and you see coaches develop, but the players respond to the coaching, and then he's there 
to always put in his two cents, so to speak. He's brilliant. No, yeah, he he really is brilliant. And like he says, you know, he he's been the head coach here for fifteen years, and wow. he's he's grown and he's evolved as a coach, and he still talks about it. Um, and even now, you know, giving you know Greg Gary the freedom to to call his offense the last few years. And now, you know, I'm kind of taking over Greg's role, like him allowing us to do that and the trust that he has and his coaches to do that. Um, you know, he talks about how much it helps him manage the game and manage the rest of the game. You know, it just takes one thing off his plate, but he's humble enough to, you know, take the criticism if things aren't going well. Um, mm-hmm. Or to you know, he, he's comfortable in his, in his own skin as a coach. To I'm going to allow this. I'm going to allow you guys to do this part of it, uh, and it's going to help me focus on other parts of the game that's still going to help us be successful and, and win. You know, Mike. I I think you know you've been two years with Matt already, but I think this experience and coming back and how you've developed and learned. I think. What you offer to college players now is near unprecedented to have worked with the best players that they will respond to you in such a way that you'll say, this guy's coaching Kyrie Irving. This guy's coaching the Boston Celtics. He's coaching against LeBron. Man, he can only help me. And I think it from a recruiting standpoint, but to the players on your own uh, Purdue team, I think it's off the charts. I think it's a great situation for you. You know, it's, it's been, you know, for me personally, it's been a great experience uh, being back. But, you know, that's kind of my goal is I, I want to help these guys. Like, sure. like I've been to that level and, you know, I kind of understand, you know, I've seen the guys that are, you know, 10 to 12 year pros. I've seen guys that are all stars, but I've also seen guys that are just barely in the league and are hanging on. And, you know, how are those guys making it as well? So um, to be able to pass that knowledge down, you know, because not everybody's going to be an all-star. Not everybody's going to be, uh, you know, a starting in, this, in a star of their team. You know, there's other spots to be had in, the, in this league and in the NBA. And, you know, how can you be one of those guys that, that makes the roster? If you make the roster, how can you stick? Um, and just trying to help those guys – understand what it is on a daily basis, uh, what they can do to get to that spot. Uh, you know, realistically give them, give them truth, give them honesty. Yes. Um, you know, maybe you're not working hard enough. Or maybe you're not working on the right things. This is how you're going to get there. This is how you're going to stay. And that knowledge I think is, is, you know, one of the reasons I came back to help these guys that are here, to understand that better. So now they can step into a role and, and thrive in that role if they're fortunate enough to play in the NBA. Well, I, I think uh, those players uh, are so lucky uh, to have you. And I know the other coaches there will benefit from you have the wealth of experience and knowledge now to be able to say, let me show you something that someone did to some other team did to us, or let me show you something we did. Because when you coach in the NBA, and it works. It's just not. 
it's, it, it'll, as they say, if it works there, it'll work anywhere. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think that's huge, man. I think it's huge. No, it, it really is. And, like, there, there are, you know, 30 head coaches in the NBA. And, you know, talent, the, the talent's going to win in, in those cases. And, you know, some teams are, teams at the top are, are way more talented than teams at the bottom. But that doesn't mean that the coaches aren't on the same plane. And there are some really good coaches there. And, you know, people ask all the time, like, who runs the best stuff or who runs this? And I'd say they all do. Yeah. Um, they just run it for different personnel. But but those guys do an unbelievable job. And uh, the way they prepare, but the, the stuff that they do and, and how they can move seamlessly from thing to thing. Um, you know, if you're a basketball, if you're a young coach and you want to learn, just get league pass <laughs> and, and exactly. watch it. And get yep. a notepad, put it by your, put it right by you, and watch league pass every night, and watch some of the different schemes or some of the different actions that these coaches in the NBA come up with, and uh, you'll you'll get better. You'll get better as a young coach. You have a great president of Purdue University, a former governor. And I think I might write him a note and recommend that they give you a PhD now since you've got one in basketball. So, <laughs> Michael, I'm so excited for you. And uh, you're going to do great. Uh, regards from coaching you to our our dear friend, Matt Painter. And uh, you guys have a great, great year this year. Thanks for doing this for our community, coaching you. No, thank you, Coach. I, I've, you know, I've been blessed, you know, in, in my career to uh, be able to you know, have people mentor me and have great coaches that I've worked for and uh, and a lot of people within the game pass down information to me. So as much as I can do and help and, uh, you know, I'm still learning myself, but, you know, if I can help anybody else that's listening, you know, please feel free to reach out to me and, you know, kind of pick my brain, you know, ask about my journey. My journey is different than, than a lot of other people's, uh, but, you know, there, there's things that you can learn from it uh, and, you know, pluses and minuses. But, you know, if I can help in any way, you know, please let me know. I think the journey of Micah Shrewsbury is really just beginning. How's that? I, I hope that's right, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you become a head coach, I want you back as – I want one of your first – Interviews to be a Coaching You podcast. I know our listeners will love it. Thanks so much, Micah, and best of luck to you guys this year. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Incredible knowledge. I love it. What a journey. What a thing. The growth of this young coach, 42 years old, uh, to have, to be able to, <laughs> to work for Matt Painter, to work for Brad Stevens, and now to go back and work for Matt the knowledge he has, the ability to help his players now at Purdue is really fa fabulous, top of the line. Hey, and also make sure now as you're getting into your practices, go to coachingyou.tv, get your individual tapes uh, from the best coaches in the NBA, some of the best basketball trainers of uh, player development, some new ideas to bring into your practices. I think you'll really enjoy it. So coachingyou.tv, get your individual videos today. Till next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sir.